Drive It Up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,778. We continue March and Women's Month with another inspiring automotive enthusiast, a woman working in the automotive sector. These are women who are shifting the conversation. Today, we're going to stay cool. you understand in just a minute. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in beautiful San Antonio, Texas, with a very special guest by the name of Allison Chisenhall. Allison, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you ready to put it in gear and release the clutch? Absolutely. All right, we'll have some fun here. We're going to stay cool. We'll explain that in just a minute. But first, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Allie? Well, I did cancer and DNA nanotechnology research while I was at Johns Hopkins University. Whoa. Okay. We've (laughs) got the brains in the house now. So that's impressive. Now, this is very interesting. And I think we're going to maybe get into this. You've done a major transition in your life into a, a new career path. I just had a guest on the show yesterday that did the same thing, went from the uh, restaurant industry into the marketing, automotive marketing, PR business. So when you were studying that, was that your path that you were going to head down? You thought where your career was going to take you or just this is a little side hobby for someone like you? <laughs> it was it was like, you know, you, you go to college, you're 18 and it's like, how am I supposed to know exactly what what I'm going to do. And I knew I was good at math and science. And I knew, you know, I went to Johns Hopkins. I loved it. I visited a whole bunch of schools and it was the one for me. And so at Johns Hopkins, when you do math and science, you do medical math and science. So that's kind of like how I, how I fell into that. And I was doing it for a few years and I was like, this is cool, but like not exactly what I want to do, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. So, you know, I did that. And then I kind of, dip my feet in the water and a few different other things. I tried um, defense for a while. I went worked for uh, BAE Systems and we uh, manufactured explosives in Tennessee. Wow. Yeah, it was my first introduction to manufacturing and I was like, okay, I'm getting closer. Like, like <laughs> I like this more. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, moving in the right direction, uh, but still wasn't totally there, you know? So then, then I switched into automotive three years ago and it, you know, it just, it's that like, it's that process of elimination for me. It was like, I like technology, but not sure how to apply it. And then it ended up in this place where I'm like, oh, I like direct to consumer technology. Like I like working for you know, making a product for a customer that really wants to buy this product for fun. Yeah. And that's kind of how I figured out, you know, this was for me. This is a very interesting path that you've taken. But I love this because lots of times young people get locked into something and they think they have to stay there. Yeah. And then they find out after decades, this isn't really what I wanted to do. And then they're just living for retirement. And yeah. that's no way to live. So this is very interesting. Well, let's dive into your life here. Allison Chisnall is the new chief operating officer for Vintage Air. For the past three years, she has worked as a manufacturing engineer before transitioning into special projects manager, where she focused on product development and design. She has a background, as she said, in chemical and biomecular, biomecular, 
Say that word for me. Chemical and biomolecular engineering. <laughs> See, and that's why you're so much smarter than me. Biomolecular no. engineering from the John Hopkins University. Now there's a place. And after spending four years, as she said, in cancer and DNA nanotechnology, I can say that word, research, <laughs> she gained experience in the defense industry at BAE as, she, as she's talked about systems before transitioning into the automotive industry where she's found her passion, this great combination. Outside of work, she's finishing her master's in manufacturing engineering at the University of Michigan is recently Lean Six Sigma Black Belt Train, very cool, writes a column for Throttle Gals Magazine and is serving as the SEMA Businesswoman's Network Resources Committee Chair. And regular Car Show listeners will remember Jack Tisenhall, who is the president of the company, has been a guest on the show, and of course, Rick Love, two uh, fascinating gentlemen you worked with. So go back and you can listen to their shows as well. We'll be back in just a minute to learn about how Allison keeps our Old cars cool, especially you need that in Texas. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. So keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. You've heard me talking about Covercraft here on Cars Yes since I began bringing you inspiring automotive enthusiasts over seven years ago. Covercraft is a company I've trusted to protect my beloved vehicles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. Did you know they've been in the business longer than that? Covercraft was founded in 1965. Maybe they would have had a cover for my pedal car back then. I'll bet they did. You don't stay in business for over 55 years without providing your customers with superior quality, innovative solutions, and a massive breadth of selections and categories when it comes to protection. Their custom-fit car covers are just the start. Covercraft offers covers for cars, trucks, ATVs, boats, outdoor furniture, it's on my patio, seats, trunk covers, floor dashes, masks for the front of your rides, and so much more. I have got something special just for you as a listener here on Cars Yeah. If you use the code yeah 21 Y-E-A-H-2-1 at Covercraft.com. They'll give you 10% off. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code yeah 21 Covercraft, protecting the things that move you for a long, long time. When it was time to renew my last policy for my collector car, my carrier's rates went up. They went way up. But my usage was the same and I never had made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? I was too. So I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, am I glad I did. I'm saving hundreds of dollars. I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provide me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. What could be better than that? Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Allison, we are back. Let's go a little deeper into the corner and talk more about your career choice you found now, what you're doing there at Vintage Air. I love what you guys manufacture. You make driving these old cars comfortable and that's one of the biggest challenges those of us who love old cars have especially when you're in a high heat environment is i love my car but it's just too hot let's get the inspirational tire spinning a little bit here on cars yeah allison grab the wheel and i'll control the temperature 
So for those who are not familiar, Vintage Air has been designing, developing, and producing performance air conditioning systems and accessories for hot rods, muscle cars, classic trucks, and uh, and classic cars since uh, 1976. So yeah, it's it's basically, you know, it's something I've grown up in my, my whole life. And I, I make jokes about it because I give this like, you know, past three years job description. But then I'm like, but if you went really far back and you called Vintage Air in like 1998, you would have gotten a five-year-old me on the phone <laughs> <laughs> answering. Hello, and directing can you I to help a salesperson. you? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I've been, I've been working at Vintage Air like consistently since, you know, I was on a typewriter typing by hand all the labels for everything we sent Type, so, typewriter yeah yeah who remembers yeah, those I, uh, it's, it's it's crazy yeah and it's it's fun it was a lot of fun and you know now i uh so when i started three years ago i was in the manufacturing engineering area which uh was definitely what i was used to from my time in the defense industry and and we're big on we're big on innovation at Vintage Air. We're also really big on producing in-house and like manufacturing here. So one of the first things that I worked on was uh, creating our own in-house powder coat process. And that was something that we had not really figured out yet and hadn't really pursued, but we'd always talked about it. Like everyone had wanted it. And so we, uh, you know, I spent my first year figuring that out. And the first part was like, where are we going to put it? We don't have any buildings. So we had to build a building for it. Wow. So I learned how that worked. That was that was new. I didn't I didn't know how <laughs> you, beca- you became poured. a commercial developer all of a sudden. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. And it was like, you know, all of a sudden I was expected to answer questions about insulation and ventilation. And I was like, OK, well, I'll be right back. I have to Google that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is what are you talking about? Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, so I worked I worked on that. And, you know, we we keep uh, as a company trying to, to do that. We're always looking at more things that we can do in house and and take that on. And so, you know, I, I'd spent a year doing that and felt really good about what I had learned. And then I said, you know, I need to learn what we're doing on the other side, which is product development. So I've spent the past couple of years now working in product development, which is was a huge transition because, um, you know, everyone always talks about CAD and modeling softwares and you really don't realize how crazy that stuff can get until you do it. And we have a group of really just talented, experienced, skilled engineers. And, you know, going into that was intimidating in itself and trying to to learn it. But one project I've been working on for the past year, I can't tell all the details, but okay. I can say it's really cool and it's, <laughs> it's really different. So, all right. yeah. So when people like look at the website and the rest of this year and they see something that they're like, huh, like how they're doing this, that that's the one I've been working on. Okay. For well, this yeah. is exciting. You know, this is really interesting to me because the evolution of you getting into the place that you're in kind of back home again, if you will, because your dad obviously uh, has been a guest here on the show. And I didn't even know at first that you two were, were related. And then I went, Oh, okay. This makes sense. Yeah. But the fact that you grew up with this, so you were learning by osmosis probably at the dinner table when he would come home and talk about work and you were sitting there as a little 5, 10, 15 year old girl and going, oh, this is interesting. And, And to find your way back into this must be kind of fun. Now, I always ask people that work with family members, I won't say there are conflicts with it, but are, are there things that come up when you you realize, okay, I'm working back in my dad's business. This is interesting. Are, are there challenges with that? Or is it really like, this is so cool? Or how do you do that balance where you separate the family out of it? It is a business. It has to function that way, right? Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's got, you know, it's got its 
its moment. So like for, you know, the one thing that's very unique that I think people don't always realize is when you work in a, in a family business with your family, they are like, oh, work-life balance. Like that doesn't really exist because you go it's home and, and then the same. it's all work. And I don't mind it. I like it. But it is, it's something people don't realize that like, you know, when we, we go, you know, spend a day together and we're all at the dinner table, like that's what we talk about. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a constant. And so if you're not happy with doing that, then like maybe being in a family business isn't for you. Right. <laughs> but, you know, we like it. We enjoy it. And like for the most part, we've we've had a pretty smooth um, experience with it. I mean, I think me and my dad specifically have very similar philosophies on how we approach conflicts and problems and not necessarily conflicts with each other. But if something comes up, you know, and it's a situation we have to address at work, you know, I'll give my suggestion and he's always like, that's what I was thinking too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that in itself, I think has been, you know, the reason why it's been so successful is it's been this like similar thought process. So, we never end up on other ends of an opinion fighting about it because we almost always have the same opinion. Exactly. I always say if you're going to work in a family business, if you don't get along at home, you probably are not going to get along at work. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, you might want to reconsider that and go your own way. What's been a driving inspiration, a key mentor in your life, an influential person that's helped you find this landing spot for today? Well, I definitely feel like, you know, there's a lot of people, I, I'm like a big observer. So I feel like over time, there's just been individuals that have passed through my life that I've I've taken different things from. But one that I guess I wanted to I want to specifically point out is uh, Bogey from the oh, well, yeah, yeah All Girls Garage. Love Bogey. Um, mm. She invited me. Let's see. I reached out to her a couple years ago, and I was like, I have heard like I I didn't really know who she was yet, which is so silly. I feel silly for that. <laughs> but I was like, I have heard so many amazing things about you. When I'm at SEMA, can we can we get together and, and maybe have coffee and I and I can, you know, talk to you? And she was like, let's do one better. Like, uh, I have a build going on for two more months. Want to come out? And I was like, yes, I want to come out. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. And uh, I flew out there and I got to spend a week with her and all the women that work at her Girl Gang Garage. And it was such a cool experience. I made so many friends. And, you know, working with her directly was really cool. And one thing that I really took away from my time with her was, you know, she she has this kind of phrase that she uses that's like, don't, you know, say, I don't know, say, I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. And that really stuck with me because I have this tendency, I think a lot of people do, you know, the more that you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know. <laughs> of course, know? of course, yeah. It's yeah. just like, oh gosh, like, I, you know, I'm not, I, I, you start to question yourself because you realize just there's so much to something mm-hmm. and, you know, having the confidence to resolve the problem on your own and not feel like you need to constantly be like someone like, is that right? Is that, you know, getting a second opinion that that's something that I think a lot of people struggle with, especially when you're young in your career, you know, and, and you're a woman in an industry that doesn't have a lot of women like that's, that's going to happen. But, uh, she just like, you know, she sat with me and she was like, you got to work on like having that confidence and, and focusing on not what you don't know today, but like, you know, what you can know if you, if you stick with it. And I think that was just really, cool to hear from someone, you know, just like, it's okay not to know, but, but like feel more confident that you can figure it out. 
Years and years ago, when I was starting out in the advertising industry and a creative director, I worked with a great guy, Richard Warner. And one of the things he taught me, he taught me a lot of interesting things and valuable things. But one of the things he said was, you know, if you're in a meeting with a client and you don't have an answer, you never say, I don't know. You just say, I'll find out for you. And you write Absolutely. it down and you come back because few people can argue with that. And few people will question your integrity when you answer it that way. But when you when they're going to hire you as a professional and you say, I don't know, yep. uh, it, they go, hmm, I think I might have hired the wrong guy here. Uh most yeah, definitely absolutely. so. Yeah, Bogie's great. She was a guest back in 2016, I believe. I need to get her back on here. I got to meet her several times in person at SEMA mm-hmm. shows. She's done a wonderful thing for the women women in the automotive sector she industry. Totally yeah, incredible powerhouse. And of course, All Girls Garage, a television show. So very cool. So if you yeah. were going to become the mentor, the Bogie in your world, how would you advise other women who are seeking to get into the automotive sector and into your industry or into anything they love. Yeah. I always say like the best way to get involved in any industry is to just like volunteer as much as you can. So for me, I was like, I need to know more. Like I go to SEMA every year. And for the first couple of years I went to SEMA, it was always me, you know, tagging along with my dad and knowing his friends, which is great. It's really cool to get to be introduced to these people who are like industry leaders and have been for so long. But, you know, I wanted to kind of pave my own way as well. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to get involved by like volunteering for the SBN and like having an active role so that I can meet more people. And I'm going to sign up for Bogey's Build and I'm going to find friends that I have that I think would benefit from going to her build. And I'm going to look up local female mechanics and that's where I'm taking my car. Another really useful tool are um, like Facebook groups. Like I, I sign up for Facebook groups that are about women in automotive. And anytime I see someone post on there, like, hi, I'm like a young girl looking to enter the industry. Does anyone want to talk to me? I'm like, yeah, hey, I'll talk to you. And so I think for anyone entering into an industry, you've just got to go all in. And, you know, that's why everyone's always like, how are you doing SBN and writing articles and in school? And I'm like, because you just have to like live it. You know, it's like. You've got to do everything with, I read, I'm trying to remember, I read this quote recently from the CEO of GM. It basically was like, you know, do every job, like it's the last job you're going to do. And, you know, what if you, if you knew it, this was it for you forever, how would you act around that? And you've got to just throw yourself into it with your hobbies and, and all your free time. And, you know, not in a way where you're overworked and miserable, but in a way that you find sociability in the industry that you're going into. I think that makes it fun too, makes your job fun, but it also just helps you get a better view of what's going on around you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mary Barra. She's amazing. Hit her GM. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to get her on this show this month. And however, she doesn't do interviews. So really, I, yeah, I would love to probably a little chat with her. too busy, I'm guessing, but maybe someday yeah. she'll change her mind. Cause I really think mm-hmm. bringing great stories from great people to people to this kind of a platform with a podcast can reach out to so many people listening. I have a lot of younger listeners listen that are being mm-hmm. inspired inspired by guests like you and others who've been on the show. Maybe we can get her on here one time. That would be uh, amazing. We'll see. Absolutely. What's, uh, when you think about, now we talked about this transition, you went during school and then you thought you wanted to do one thing, then it evolved into another and into another. When you think about what you're doing today, you've been in this now for about three years, right? Yep. What's your, if you could pick a favorite part of what you do there at Vintage Air, what would it be? What, What fires you up the most every day with your interaction with your coworkers and customers? 
Yeah. I mean, I, and I touched on it a little, but I, I think the thing that just makes me like really excited to do my job is just knowing that the product that I'm making is something that, you know, someone like saves up for and they really look forward to it or they get it at Christmas as a gift. It's like, it's something people are so excited to get in and install. And, and I engage with people on social media a lot. Like I'll have people who are in, you know, I'll see on online that they tag Vintage Air and they're installing their kit. And I always touch base and I'm like, I want to know, you know, how, how was it? Did you like it? And like, I love that interaction that, that to me is like a lot of fun. So it, as a designer, when you're looking at the product and you're coming up with the, you know, the new ideas, you, you, you think about that. You're like, what if I did this? Do you think they would love that? And it, it's kind of just like an exciting feedback loop of testing your design skills to get the customer what you think they will just love when they open the box. Absolutely. I think about old cars. I mentioned it at the beginning. I've had a lot of old cars and that is one thing that has perhaps kept me from enjoying them many times is if you think of an old car, I always say that the air conditioning systems were like a hamster with ice in his mouth (laughs) breathing out. Uh, (laughs) They worked for a little bit and then they ran out of ice and then ran out of breath. And what you guys is enable us to enjoy our old cars in comfort and in systems that work and yeah. you don't have to worry about and there's systems you can do yourself if you have some uh, do-it-yourself uh, tool a couple tools and totally instructions it's doable so it's really a cool thing you're making people happy and cool at the same time so yeah <laughs> let's take a short break we come back i want to talk a little bit about a challenge you faced in your life so keep the seat belts on we're staying cool here today with allison hold on i've discovered linkage It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Join Linkage. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. And don't forget, if you go to LinkageMag.com and you use the code CARSYEAH, at checkout for a subscription, you get $10 off. Compliments of cars, yeah. Check it out. Crash jewelry is handmade from the metal of luxury cars while preserving the original factory paint. Founder Christy Shimfke came up with the idea when she moved her jewelry studio into her husband's Los Angeles auto body shop. After watching beautiful Porsche ultraviolet fenders and Ferrari Rosso Corsa hoods head to the scrapyard, she developed her own unique upcycling process of cutting, bending, and sanding the metal into unique, wearable pieces of beautiful automotive art. For Women's History Month here on Cars Yeah, Crash Jewelry is giving away a special Ferrari Art Deco cuff. The cuff includes an empowering message engraved inside. Enter to win today by subscribing at CrashJewelry.com. Plus, Christy is offering Cars Yeah listeners 10% off in March when you use the code Cars yeah at checkout. That's CrashJewelry.com and use the code Cars yeah today. And don't forget to follow Christy on Instagram at CrashJewelry. All right, Allison, 
So let's talk about a big obstacle, big failure, big challenge that you've faced in your life so far, your career that you've had to overcome. What was it, but more importantly, what did it teach you so you can move forward in a positive way? Yeah, I I love this question. I think as a whole, like challenges you face, I have, you know, so many examples. I'm like, oh, the real driving factor for so many things that have happened in my life have been a result of falling down. And so what I think really has impacted me the most in, in this role is, you know, I grew up around cars. I grew up going to car shows. I did. And I, you know, I had a Thunderbird in high school, but it didn't do well for me. It would die <laughs> mid drive often. Um, cars, but, yeah. The joy yeah, of right? car ownership. Yeah. But I wasn't a gearhead. I wasn't doing it like, you know, and in, in college, if I let, you know, I lived a zillion miles away and I took my car to get service and I didn't know what they were saying to me. Like I'd have to call my dad and I'd be like, dad, I don't know what's going on. Like, are they, is this right? Like I just wasn't, uh, yeah, are they trying I wasn't to trick me involved. or dupe me or yeah, yeah exactly. Me? And they sure. do that. So you have to, sometimes you have to be careful where you're at. My mom calls me all the time with those, Hey, they're exactly. trying to tell me I need new brakes. I just got them last year. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I wasn't the most car savvy person. And so I came into the industry and I knew I was like, I've got the engineering experience. I've got the understanding of business logistics, but I don't know all the cars yet. And so, and that's a lot of, a lot to learn. And I think, you know, the way I address this challenge is I'm like, I'm not going to like hide from the fact that I don't know it. Like people here know I don't, and I'm not going to pretend I do, but I'm going to learn it. So I started reading books all weekend long. I started Really, you know, I, I got my own car. I got a 39 Ford and I was like, I'm going to learn how to do this. How cool is that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, I'm going to learn. Exa- like, you know, I, I knew I didn't need to know everything, but I right. needed to know the main systems, how to install a vintage air kit myself, what it, systems it would interact with and interfaces and, and at least be able to look under a hood and know what everything was. And so, you know, I got, you know, I just spent a lot of time focused on learning those things. And I went to builds and I went to events and I engaged with people on social media in ways where, you know, it, there's a lot of educational resources on social media oh, and gosh, it's webinars, yeah. stuff, right? It's great. And some people think there's not like, they think social media is just for wasting time, but if you use it right, there is, there's so much out there. And I just spent a lot of time working on that. I ended up starting my master's with Michigan, knowing well, that Michigan is the right place to do it if you're if you're trying to get into the automotive industry. And sure. every, you know, every classmate and every professor is a part of the automotive industry. Every example we do in class has to do with automotive. It's mm. all super applicable. And it really has brought me to a place where, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the biggest expert on cars more than engineering because engineering is more my thing. But I've learned enough that I'm able to to understand the customer and understand our product really well. Well, it's fantastic. And you touch on some important things that were not available back in my day. And that is, you know, this internet. And of course, it's all caveat emptor. Be careful what you read. It may not be true, especially on social media. But there's so much out there now. And you can learn all these things. And I've learned so much just by watching YouTube videos of how to's fix things on a vehicle. videos. Yeah. Love how to them. fix the washer and dryer in my house. And, you know, I can figure this <laughs> out. Yeah. Or at least I know what's probably wrong. So when the repairman comes, he doesn't try to dupe me into replacing parts that I don't need. Yeah. A lot of stuff. I actually, like, I also like, you know, one of the things that we do a lot here is when we're an engineer, you're making prototypes. And so you're cutting sheet metal and then you have to make an assembly. And 
um, you know, I didn't know how to weld when I got here. So I hopped on YouTube and I uh, watched some videos and I was like, I'm going to learn how to do this. And it's one of those things. Could I have asked someone here to do it? Totally. Would they've done it? Yeah. But like, that wasn't the point. The point was that I needed to be able to do it myself. And at first I was, I was really nervous about it and I would be at our little station here and, you know, people would poke fun. They'd walk by, Oh, look at what she's trying to do today. But (laughs) eventually they got used to it and I'm now I can make my own prototypes and I don't have to wait on anybody. So it's, you know, I think the lesson is like when, when you've got a challenge, like don't hide from it or like look at your weaknesses as a bad thing, take it on and figure it out and, and, Find a new weakness later to deal with. <laughs> Find a new weakness later. There's a quote I'm going to write down. <laughs> I like that because that's how you grow. Well, this is wonderful. Great uh, golden nuggets you're dropping for us here to pick <laughs> up and put in our bucket. I think that's fantastic. What are some of the ways that you like to give back, that you like to help others in the automotive sector, other than providing them a cool ride in their old car? Yeah, I am, I volunteer in a lot of stuff. It's actually one of, being a, a woman in the industry is something I'm super super passionate about addressing because I do, you know, notice how rare it is. I work in the the SEMA Business Women's Network as the lead of the resources committee. So what that means is I'm working with women every week from SEMA to organize events for women in the industry. So like this year, we've got 15 virtual events that are super cool that are, um, they're taught by women in different areas of the industry doing really amazing things. And then we go into small breakout groups so that people from all over the world even can chat in small groups of four or five with other people in the industry. So creating those events has been a big thing for me lately. I'm also, you know, I do the uh, Throttle Gals magazine. And so for me that I see that it's a volunteer position and I, uh, I write a column that's, that's called Chisenhall explains it all. (laughs) Now there's a, I love it. I love it. And my goal is like, people are intimidated by, there's a lot of people who like cars, but sometimes they're intimidated by understanding the technical stuff and they might be scared to ask because it's, you know, oh, you don't know that already. So it's a lot of explaining things in simple terms about the, the technology that happens inside your car. Wonderful. With, you know, hopes that some of the people reading might feel empowered by that and feel less intimidated to jump into technology. I think it's tremendous what you're doing. And of course, being involved in SEMA and that organization, giving back to others, helping others in the industry is a key part. But I like the name of that. Chisinau explains it all. Yeah, cool. I've got a cute little like emoji of myself that goes with it. <laughs> but one of my one of my friends that works here, there's a, a graphic designer for us. Uh-huh. He, he created like a little logo for it. So nice. it is fun. Well, that's cool. Uh, I love what you're doing. That's really great. When you think about your career so far and you have you have so far to go, but when you think about what you've done so far, is there one big highlight that you'd like to talk about, a big proud moment for you? I think probably like the most proud moment so far was when we finished the powder coat building and we got all the equipment in and we were just like looking at this process. And I was like, gosh, I've been drawing this on paper for over a year. Yeah. I've been thinking about every detail down to like where I would put, you know, every drum of every chemical it just was such a long scope project for me. And just to see it and be like, oh my God, <laughs> like it's making parts. It's real. Yeah. It's like building yeah. a car, restoring a car. It, it's a tremendous sense of accomplishment because people don't, it's like that. 
how that that imagery you see of of success of an iceberg a little bit of ice on the top of the water supported by a massive amount of ice underwater you don't see and that's part of doing a project like what you've accomplished is there's so much underwater you didn't see that people don't yep. see and you go oh it's here magic you know yep. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Well, congratulations on that. We'll be back in a minute. One more check with our sponsors here. And we're going to come back. I'm going to ask you to share what you would consider the ultimate drive. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Have you looked under your hood recently? The average car today has more than 70 computers and 100 million lines of code. Today and tomorrow, being a professional technician requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is honored to support TechForce Foundation as our charity of choice. Their efforts to help young people pursue a technical education and a fulfilling career as automotive techs is the key to an inspired life. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experiences with vehicles, TechForce and Cars yeah are working together to connect young people with viable careers. Join us and learn more by visiting techforce.org today. All right, we're back. Now, I have a magic wand here at Cars yeah. I've had it for a long time, and I can make things happen. In your case, I'm going to allow you to go on the ultimate drive. So you get to choose what kind of vehicle you're in, who are you going to be with, Who's going to be driving and what are you going to talk about? Yeah. So, okay. So mine's going to be a little unconventional because, you know, I've said it a few times, but, but technology and engineering is really my thing. Um, have you seen the movie Hidden Figures before? I have. Yes. It's a great movie, awesome right? Awesome movie. Yeah. Amazing really appropriate movie. for Women's History Month too. Yes. Everyone needs to see that movie. It's it's the best. But um, I was really inspired by that movie. And I uh, afterwards kind of did a deep dive into Katherine Johnson and everything about her. And I just think that she made such a big difference for women in technology, especially in a time where segregation was still going strong and, you know, people didn't want her to do well. Right. They didn't want her to be having the answers. Right. They were kind of mad if she did. So right. I just think, you know, as as someone, you know, that was how long was that ago? That was 60 years ago. Yeah. Long, and yeah, and today 50s, even yeah. it's crazy. And today even I, you know, I see biases come up in, in, you know, just our career as women in the industry. And and I would love to talk to someone who really, you know, dealt with the worst of it. Cause I can't even imagine how it must've been then really. Oh, um, yeah. and just be like, how do you, how do you, you know, keep confident and just keep going? Like, how do you, you know, how do you use that to your advantage and what, how do you channel it into positive energy? That's always my thing. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and complain about these, the situations that sometimes aren't as great. We've got to figure out how we're going to make the best out of it and make it something useful. And, you know, even today, I, I was looking into this before before we were chatting to kind of like, you know, read a little bit about women in engineering. And even today, out of a college, this is the Harvard Harvard Business Review, out of any university, 20% of the engineers are women. But within 10, 15 years, 40% of those women leave the industry, hmm. which is crazy. Does and so it makes explain you wonder, why? No. And it's like, you know, it makes you, you know, it makes you wonder. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, you know, the, some workplace culture things. And so, you know, I would just love to, to sit down with someone been through it all and been like, 
what are you glad you experienced and what has it done for you as a person? So let's say Catherine's the one you can ride with. Yeah. Okay. We'll put her in the car with you. What are you guys in? What kind of car? So I have a huge love for 1957 Corvettes. Okay. In fact, I own one, but Whoa. if we were driving anyone, it would look a lot better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Yours still has a, it's a work in progress. Let's it's call it a that. work in progress. Yeah. I found it in Louisville at the nationals three years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's about as cheap of one as you can find. Cause I, you know, th- <laughs> those are not cheap cars. And I was like, I'm going to have to find one that is barely moving <laughs> if I want to get that car. That's okay. That's a starting point. Yeah, and me and my dad, we checked it out there. It was funny because I definitely didn't think we were going to you know, be buying a car there, but he knew that was my my car of choice. And yeah. we saw it on the sidewalk, and, I was, and it was for sale. And I was, ooh, we might be leaving here with a car. <laughs> what color is it? It is black. Okay. Black, red interior. Do you want to keep those that color combination? Yeah, yep. okay. that color combo is the way to go, but definitely a, a you know, my favorite one is actually a, the Kin Diggit. Family Affair 57 Corvette. Oh, that, that well, would be you think? One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does. He's been a guest here on the show. Yeah, he built some cool stuff. For it's sure. an amazing car. Cool. Well, this sounds pretty like a fun fun ride, and I'm right? assuming yeah. it's going to have a vintage air cooling system so you can Absolutely. stay cool in that thing. So sounds like a pretty nice ride to me. Allison, you have taken me on a great ride today. This has been really fun, and I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey. You're just getting started, which is so much fun. Before I let you go, could you... Uh, uh, offer us maybe a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the Texas sunset with uh, Catherine Johnson in that 57 Corvette. Yeah, I think, you know, a quote I always think about is uh, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. <laughs> I think it's super important to put yourself around people that make you challenge and grow and, you know, staying stagnant is no fun. Let's like, you know, stay with moving forward by always putting yourself around people that, that help you do that. What are the many ways people can learn more about you and Vintage Air? So I love, like I've said a million times, social media. Um, I love to engage with people on social media. So if anyone wants to follow me, definitely do that. It's uh, it's Ali Chi, like Chisenholm. Um, so is and- it A-L-I? It's A-L-L-Y-C-H-I-I-I. I've got Allie, three eyes. Ali Chi, a little Chi yep. in your life. I like it. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, I love to engage with anyone on social media, talk cars, talk air conditioners, talk anything else also. So yeah, have people, you know, reach out to me. I love to especially talk with young women in STEM. I think it's it's cool to share our experiences together. Absolutely. And of course, you got to check out Vintage Air if you've got an old ride that's a little too warm because they yeah. will cool you down and make you feel oh so comfortable so that you enjoy that ride a lot more often. So check it out. Wonderful company. Been around for a long time. Uh, a great place to go. And I want to do a shout out to Nathan Espinoza who helped us get together today. Con Media. He's brought me so many great guests, including yesterday's guest, Rebecca Wynn. Thank you, Nathan, for everything you do there at Con Media. Allison, thank you for being so generous today with your enthusiasm and inspiration and for taking us on a wonderful ride until you and I talk again. In fact, I want to go for a ride in that Corvette with you once you get that all restored. (laughs) I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!